welcome everybody to the Patty G Show. Those tuning in on Facebook and through whatever podcast platform it is you are hearing this. I am Patty G, your host for this evening and for all episodes. I have Miss Mariah Clayton, the Miss Louisiana USA 2020 here right now on the show. We are super excited to get this show going, and I want to say thank you, Mariah, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for bearing with us through the ever-learning process <laughs> that is podcasting. It is all good. <laughs> so for those that may not be aware of the distinction between Miss Louisiana USA and just regular Miss Louisiana USA, <laughs> let's start off there and yeah. get the distinction established, set up, and then we'll move forward. So a lot of people always say, oh, I looked up Miss Louisiana, but... It wasn't you. And I'm like, oh, you probably saw Miss Louisiana America. So they're two completely different pageant systems. One is not better than the other. They're just two different pageant systems. So I like to um, compare it to like different um, stages of Christianity. So, you know, you have Baptist, you have Catholics, Pentecostal. They all kind of believe the same thing, but they're just a little different in their own way. That's gotcha. kind of how I like explain it to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a distinction. Or it's, a, it's an explanation I can understand. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not some explanation that's so far out that yeah. people would not be able to get. It's like, okay, I get it. I understand exactly what you mean. So that's perfect. Okay. Um, what? How? <laughs> I ask myself this question all the time. <laughs> like, how? How does one get involved in said Miss Louisiana USA? Do we need to go back to, like, when you were a toddler and start oh, there? Oh, no. You don't even have to go that far back. Just go back a few years when I was 18. <laughs> and my sister literally forced me to compete in my first pageant. I We are complete opposites, okay? She is the girly girl. She has competed in pageants all of her life. That was always her thing. And I was more of an athlete. So I played volleyball, tennis, like, you name it. I probably played it except basketball because... I'm not very good at basketball. <laughs> you, 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 you and me both. I am. Do not put me in front with a basketball or with anything yeah, of that nature. Yeah, I just, I, I can't grasp the concept. But anyways, after I turned 18 and I had graduated high school, she was getting ready to go and compete for a local title, which was Miss Baton Rouge. And she wanted me to compete with her. And I was just like, why do you think I want to do this? Like, I've never competed in a pageant before. I don't wear heels. I don't wear makeup. Like, this is just completely not, not my thing. Yeah. Right. And she begged and she pleaded. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this for you because you're my sister. I'm just going to say I shared this experience with you or whatever you want to call it right. and just do this with you. And so I went into it not thinking I was going to like it at all. I was like, I'm just going to do this. This is it means nothing. It's not a big deal. And so the more that I went through the day of that pageant, the more I was like, oh, this is really not that bad. And I guess it kind of helped to have my sister backstage with me because I was so nervous. And I, I was bet. just like, oh, I've never done this before in my life. So having her backstage really did help me a lot. Um, and then to my surprise, I ended up placing like second runner up, which I wasn't expecting at all. I didn't think I was going to place anything because I thought I sucked so bad. <laughs> but I, I got second runner up and I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. I got a little medal. Everything was all good. Absolutely. And my older sister actually ended up winning that time. So she got to go compete for Miss Louisiana USA in 2014 as Miss Baton Rouge. And okay. 
I unfortunately wasn't able to go like with her to the pageant, um, but my parents went and I got to stream it online and she looked beautiful and I was like, okay, like this is really nice. Didn't really think much else of it because I had started college at the time. I was playing volleyball in college, so I wasn't really thinking about pageants in that realm. But you only get to keep your title for a year. So the following year, she goes and she gives up her her title. And I'm sitting there in the audience to support her and just be there for her. And I'm watching the girls compete. And I'm just like, I don't know why I want to do this again. But something is telling me to, to give this to, another try. Right. And so <laughs> I remember telling my sister when the pageant was over, I was like, I think I want to do another pageant. And she got so excited. She was like, I can finally have my way with you. I can, we can like oh, go goodness. full out and do this. But the thing is, the pageant was literally a week away. So okay. I had. Okay, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Rewind here. So this is for 2020, right? No, this is for, for 2015. 15. Okay. Yes. All right. Got it. Got we it. are in 2015. Got it. I'm so 19 at the time. 19 at the time. So you. We're going to do the pageant, but you hadn't, so you had you signed up at this point? No. Okay. I was just like, I think I want to do another pageant. A and week away. A week away. From the actual But I event. didn't know that there was a pageant a week away. I was just oh. like, I want to do a pageant. And then she said, there's a pageant a week away. Like, we're going to sign you up. And I'm like, God dang. oh my God, I was not expecting this, but okay, let's just go for it. So, I yeah. mean, we went to... Um, the Cartana Mall and got an evening gown. It was like a size 10 and I'm like a size zero. So <laughs> we go and bring it to the alteration shop. The lady fixes it up all nice. I, you know, practice my swimsuit walk and interview questions and all kinds of stuff in a week's time that people literally prepare months for. Yeah, for like the, like the, from the preceding yes, year all yes. the way through <laughs> to the current year. Yes, and so I go and I compete at this pageant and there's like 15 other girls and I'm like, there is no way I'm going to win this pageant. And then the impossible happened and won. I won. And I just remember being so shocked, like, oh my gosh, I actually did it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I did it. And so that was the first year I got to go compete for Miss Louisiana USA was back in 2015. Okay. And that was just a whirlwind of an experience for me. <laughs> so this, this has been a five year in the making process. Pretty much, yeah. So after I competed at Miss Louisiana USA in 2015, I made the top 15, which again, I was very surprised because it was my first time there. I didn't think I would place at all. Right. And I was, and like top 15 was my goal. I'm like, if I'm gonna go, I want these girls to know I'm a competitor. I'm very competitive. You're, you're here to win. Yeah, you're like just I'm just, I'm like I'm competition for you. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> So I ended up losing that year and I decided that I was going to wait to compete again until after I graduated college because okay. like I said I was playing volleyball I just really didn't have time I was the captain of my team and it was just a lot going on and I didn't have time to focus on both at the same time so gotcha. I was like you know what I'm just going to be there for my team and you know just compete in pageants when I graduate. So where'd you go to college real quick? Southern University. Very all my nice. Jags. <laughs> yeah. All the Jags in the house. Yep. So I graduated from Southern in the fall of 2017. I ended okay. up graduating a semester early because my dad always made me take like 18 plus hours because <laughs> he wanted me to be the smartest and the best. <laughs> I think all parents want that at some point or another. They do. They do. And so after I graduated, I was like, okay, you know, we can give Miss Louisiana another try. And this was like the first time I actually put in the effort. And like, this was something I truly, truly wanted to do and like really made up in my mind. Okay, I want to do this. I want to make this happen. Right. So I got a pageant coach and I worked for months up until the competition. And I was really excited. And I was, I thought 
thought I was going to do really, really well, or at least better than I did the previous time I competed. So I go and I compete in 2018, and I end up making the top 15 again, and I was super excited, but when my name did not get called for top 10, I remember feeling so down on myself. I was like, man, no. like I couldn't even make it past like the point that I had made it to the last time, and I remember feeling just so frustrated because I had put in all the work, and this was right. the first time that I actually wanted to win and I still came up short. And it was just one of those very frustrating feelings. Yeah. And so after I lost that year, I basically had a decision. It was like, okay, you can either compete again or, you know, I had just started graduate school at the time. I had just gotten accepted into my program and I was about to move on into a whole different phase of life. So I really had to decide, like, is this something I want to keep pursuing? Yeah. And in order to help make my decision, I had to figure out, okay, why is this important to you? Why do you want to compete? What are you going to do with your title? And really just figure out, like, why is this important? And for me, I realized that I wanted to be a representation for young girls, especially because growing up, I had a lot of self-confidence issues. I had low self-esteem. I didn't know how to love myself. And for a lot of my life, I really just, you know, tried to fit into the societal standard of beauty. I straightened my hair because that's what people told me to do my entire life. And just all these different things where I was trying to fit in or appeal to the masses. Right. And I realized that I didn't want to do that anymore. And even, you know, like the second time I competed for Miss Louisiana USA, I remember I wanted to wear my natural hair. And it was the first time I would have ever competed with my natural hair. And really? my Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so hang on. So how many years was it without the natural hair? Every time up until this year. Up until this year. Yep. It was the natural hair. It, That's I what mean, made it you was win. something. I don't know. <laughs> but I just remember my coach, you know, I expressed to him, oh, I think I really want to wear my natural hair. Yeah. I had just gotten confident in myself at that point. I had worked up so much to get to the point where I was at in, in love with myself. And I remember he looked at me and he was just like, you know, I love your hair, but I just don't think that's what the judges are looking for. And it was like in that instant, all that confidence that I had built up until that point was just crashed <laughs> like it was just like the worst feeling in the world because I had finally gotten to a point where I was like oh my hair is beautiful I love right. my hair and you know I have my pageant coach who's someone who I trust and you know who I want to support in my decisions was saying that he doesn't think the judges would pick me to win because of it and I, I let that get in my head and I was like you know maybe he's right maybe I do need to straighten my hair and do this and do that and that's what I did and mm -hmm. that's what that was one of the reasons I had so much regret after I had lost that year because I knew I had wanted to compete in a different way and I right. let somebody else you know dictate the way that I was going to do that and so when I was getting ready to compete for the third time I was just like I have to do this my way you know I gotta be authentically myself and not 100%. try and like be this fake person that I've been trying to be this whole time because when I got into pageants, I fed into the stereotype like, oh, I have to be this way. I have to wear my hair this way. I have to walk this way. I have to dress this way. And I was like, that is so dumb. Like, <laughs> I'm literally sitting here so uncomfortable. I have to like sleep with these big rollers in my head every night to try and like get my curls to look perfect. And it was just too much. And I was like, I just need to go out there and be me and like right. show young girls that you can still win or be successful at something of this caliber just by being yourself. And that's more than enough. A hundred percent. And that's. I mean, that's for anybody. Yeah. You know, not just, I mean, when you're talking to anybody, especially when young kids, mm -hmm. it's all about, you know, just be yourself. Yeah. Be who you are. And if people don't like you, that's on them. It's fine. You know? Yeah. And so that was honestly like the biggest 
lesson that I learned because I truly embraced who I was. I didn't try to hide myself. I really spoke to the judges from my heart. I wasn't trying to give them answers that I thought they wanted to hear. I really gave them pieces of myself. And I think they were able to see that and resonate with me on a much more personal level than just a judge and a contestant. It was like a human interaction, like a real conversation. And I think I just was able to exude that on stage. And I was able to come home with the crown and the sash. And I just remember feeling so grateful and humbled. And I know all the work that I had put into it at that point was worth it. I, you couldn't even <laughs> believe the the lengths that I went to to try and be the best version of myself. I had like three different coaches, one in Alabama, two oh, in Houston. I was driving back and forth like every two weeks and it was just like a whole thing. But my my sister, you know, she has been a huge part in all of this for me. She's been my backbone and she's just like, if this is going to be your last time competing, like we're going all out. So we're yeah. going to find the best of the best. We're going to travel wherever we need to go and we're going to make sure that you feel the most comfortable you've ever felt when you step on that stage and I did and I was able to just go out there and and kill it honestly (laughs) clearly you clearly you killed I mean you got the sash and you got the crown here that proves that that what you did being yourself yeah made the judges if not say oh she fits into the boxes Mm -hmm. that we've got to check off it's okay no we can relate to her. Yeah. We can see her as a person if we see her on the street and we wave at her she's gonna wave back yeah and it I to me, that's more important than fitting any boxes that people are required to check off. It's You're no, right. you be a person. You're right. You be you as who you are, and people are gonna just instantly flock to that naturally yeah. because they are themselves. We all know we have our own faults, mm-hmm. our own failures, but we also know that if we can relate to another person on a human level, we're instantly gonna like them better. Yeah. And we're just gonna gravitate towards people of that nature. Yeah. Just because it's inviting. It is. It's it's not inviting to see you like if you would have walked in here very like. <laughs> Proud, tall shoulders. Right, just like I miss Louisiana. Like exactly, exactly. But you walked in, you're like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, it's it, you were just you were human, yeah. Which is fantastic to find somebody that goes through this type of, I guess, process where they want you to fit and be and do certain things mm-hmm. that you come out of it more yourself yeah then you went in. I always told people like pageants truly led me on a journey of like self-love and self-discovery right I look at pictures of myself from my first pageant when I was 18 and I'm like I didn't even think that I was beautiful I didn't ever think this was possible for me like I never had anybody you know telling me you can do this you can do this and I didn't believe it myself and so for every time I competed I learned something new about myself it's especially you know with the hair situation I realized like I can't let people dictate how not even just in pageants but in life in general like right. I can't let people dictate what I want my job to be or where I want to live or even just like the small things like that like yes people can give you their opinions people can give you their insight but at the end of the day it should be based on your decision and 100%. on your sound understanding so that like honestly I probably would have never gotten to the level of self-love that I have now without pageants and I know that sounds so weird because pageants is like a beauty competition and people think it's so like stereotypical and just very like surface level but when I tell you like pageant girls are some of the most passionate hard-working smart driven people you will ever meet in your life they do so much in their community and it's like any one of us would have been worthy to take home the crown but you realize like even though this girl standing next to me is pretty and she does this and she does that 
I'm pretty and I do this and I do that and really like validating yourself whether you win or whether you lose. Like I would have been right. totally okay if I had lost because I knew who I was and mm -hmm. I knew that I had presented that to the judges. So it didn't matter to me whether I took home the crown that night or I didn't. I would have been happy with myself either way because I felt the best that I ever felt and I I knew that and I knew that I had shown the my real self to the judges. So I think either way, like you truly learn some of the biggest life lessons through pageantry, at least for me personally. Right. And that's, you know, I love what you said, how you were okay with either they won or you won. Mm -hmm. You had found yourself yeah. and you were the truest form of yourself. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's perfect because if once you find who you are as a person, then you can just go miles beyond that. Yeah. And having the understanding to say, okay, if this person does win over me, that's okay because they didn't take anything away right. from me. Right, like I'm, I'm still, still valuable. I, exactly. Yeah. Just because you got the crown and the other people, that doesn't make mm -hmm. them less valuable right. as people. It's just for whatever reason, you presented yourself in a way that according to whatever guidelines they go through, yeah. that's what they decided was the winner. But it doesn't mean that they were less or right. anything of that nature. And I, I love that kind of description of we're all amazing people, yeah. whether one of us takes home the crown or none of us take home the crown. Yeah, you know? for sure. And that's beautiful. So... I want to go into the kind of the nuts and bolts and the details behind this pageant life. Because what yeah. we see on like the screen or what we yeah. see on the end is, well, for one pageant was a week of hard work, <laughs> but for other pageant was years of just hard work and dedication. So what, what is your first step to kind of prepping, I guess? For me, it's always been fitness. And I think it's just because I've been an athlete my entire life. So I know how to push myself physically, mm -hmm. and that's always kind of what I gravitate towards first. But what my sister will tell you that I need the most work on is interview and on-stage questions. Hence <laughs> because, why she agreed to come on the yeah, show. Because I like to ramble. Like, as you see, I just talk and talk and talk, and I can, like, go on a tangent. And she's like, Mariah, you have to answer this in 30 seconds. You do not have time to, like, go <laughs> and say all these things. Like, your on-stage question is 30 seconds, and your interview is only two and a half minutes. Like, you have to get through all these different things and I'm just like okay so um definitely like having an interview coach helped me a bunch um she really helped me like con condense I couldn't think of the word I was gonna say concise condense I was thinking the same <laughs> thing concise consolidate yeah. <laughs> yes consolidate. there we go consolidate one of those words she really helped me like shorten my responses and think quickly on my feet mm -hmm. and really like okay, what's my opinion on this? Why do I feel this way? And then have an empowering statement behind it. So having that really helped me. And then also like a modeling coach, which let me just preface all of this by saying like, you don't necessarily need a, a coach or any coach in order right. to, to win or to be successful. I know plenty of girls who learn vi from videos on YouTube. Like ev everything is out there for you to, to take and grab by the reins. But for me, like I just had a good surrounding of people to like push me and really bring me towards to where I was trying to go. And my modeling coach, she really helped me exude confidence on stage and really like bask in my moment. And um, yeah, they were all really, really helpful to me. And I'm super grateful that I was able to meet them and just have them work with me on this journey. Yeah, and it's finding those people that you can surround yourself with that are gonna help you become a better version yeah. of yourself um, and just kind of keep moving forward through just this progression of getting better yeah. and just finding your true self throughout that process. So you surround yourself with some amazing people to make that happen. You've got an interview coach, you've got a pageant coach. What exactly are they kind of coaching you on that we may not see on the front side? I mean, basically like posing, knowing your angles on stage, 
um, interview, you know, we just go over a lot of hot topics. She really helps me dive into like my opinions, Mm -hmm. how to say certain things without offending people and, you know, all of that good stuff. So it definitely does come in handy. But like I said before we got cut off, you know, you don't need a pageant coach or an interview coach in order to be successful in the pageant industry. Right. You can do it by being your true self. However, those people that have kind of been in the world, Mm -hmm. the pageant world, they kind of understand what they're looking for. So it's okay, 100% be your true self. But keep in mind, this is what they have on their sheet of paper in front of them. But also, see, that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Okay, then... <laughs> go down Judges the path don't of correcting necessarily me. Yes. have a thing that they're looking for. Like they okay. don't go into it like this is the type of girl I want. I want her to answer these this this exact question and it has to be this answer and there's none none of that. So, I mean, basically a lot of times the judges aren't even people who know about pageants or do pageants a lot of times they're athletes or business people um things like that so really they go into it just as blindly as we do they they're not looking for anything in particular it's just what stands out who has that x factor who makes me feel a certain way and that's really all it boils down to so it's what they feel on the inside yeah i mean i think so if i were to be a judge i would want you know to pick someone who made me feel something did i resonate with you did we have a connection not so much like, oh, yeah, you do all these really great things, but, like, who are you? You know, that's I think that's, yeah. like, the core of it is, like, who are you and why is this important to you? Right. Who who are you? Where do you come from? What's, yeah. what's your story? Yeah. You know, not just were you born in this and mm-hmm. you were in it since you were, like, two or three. Right. This is my dream since I was a little girl, you know. Right. People say that all the time, but, like, there's more to you. Well, yeah, because then to me, my and my initial reaction after that comment of this has been my dream since I was a little girl is mm-hmm. why? Right. What did you see in this circuit that made you want to have this as your crowning achievement? Right. Like, what were you looking at where you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, was it they're so beautiful? I want to mm-hmm. be beautiful like them. Or was it, oh my gosh, they're so well-spoken. They handle mm-hmm. themselves well. Yeah. They carry themselves with the confidence that I want to have to go throughout my life with. Yeah, You exactly. know, what was the reasoning? And as soon as you start explaining that to people, then it's, okay, I get it. I get you. Yeah. You are what we want the definition of yeah. Miss Louisiana USA to be. Because I think that's what it comes down to. It's it not, is. do you fit certain boxes? <laughs> it's, who do we want representing this title? Yeah. And can they carry it in a way that upholds what we're trying to accomplish here. Yeah. But I always tell people, like, if your only end goal in entering a pageant is to win, you are not in it for the right reasons. Right. Like, you have to really understand, like I said, why is this important to you? But then also, like, understanding winning isn't everything. Of course, everyone wants to win. Like, that's why we're all there. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know only one person can win. And, I mean, you really can network. You can build relationships with people. You never know what else could come out of the experience for you. So I always tell girls, especially who acts like, I want to compete in a pageant. Like, what should I do? And I always tell them, don't go there to win. Like, go there to live the experience, go there to make friends, go there to have the time of your life. Yes, be competitive, because at the end of the day, that's what you're there for. It's competition. Right, but also don't let that be the only thing you're there for, because you will lose yourself so fast, and you will be disappointed every single time. Oh, 100%, especially if you go there with the sole intention of, I don't walk out of this with a victory or a winning, I don't walk home with a crown. I'm a failure. I'm a failure, right. And that... Whenever, whenever I hear that, if somebody kind of use that description of, if I don't win, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, you know, you're not a failure. You just 
we're not as good as the rest of the people. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're a terrible person. Right. You're terrible at what you do. You're a failure in just in life in right. general. It's just, just because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you had you had a failure. You experienced a failure. Right. And you failed. But what you can make of that is more important. How yeah. you can take that failure and turn it into your very next victory, yep. to me, is far more important than actually losing in the first place. Because yeah. we're all going to have failures. We all mess up. Everybody. We, <laughs> we just experienced a failure yes. here in the podcast of the, the live streaming being cut mm-hmm. out. We experienced that, and it's how can we make this better, which, I mean, I don't know. We're in two parts for a live streaming. But anyways, <laughs> the point is we're all going to fail. We're all going to have mistakes, and it's how we learn from those yeah. and carry ourselves on forward. I think really is going to truly define us as not only our, who we are as an individual, but how we can represent, for your case, yeah. a, a brand, an entity, a yeah. culture. How can you represent that with a failure? I mean, it took you a couple of years before you claimed the title. Yeah. You know, some people might have been like, oh, I spent it two or three years. I'm done. You yeah. know, I'm not going back. I'm not, it's not <laughs> worth it. I'm not good enough. And they mm-hmm. had that self doubt. And it's moving past that and building from that, saying, no, you, you, you just did not do it in your your very best. Right. Whatever it was, it wasn't your very best. Or your very best was something that did not appeal to them because right. you did it a certain way or whatnot. I feel like at the end of the day, as, as long as you feel confident in how you performed, as right. long as you feel like you put your best foot forward, you put in all the work you thought you could do, you did everything you thought you could do, and you still lost, I think that's okay. And I think that those are the biggest lessons because, I mean, I, like I said, I played volleyball. I've been playing mm-hmm. since I was 12 years old. You Have probably I ever, lost at least one game. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've lost tons of games. Did I ever win a championship? No. Did I ever get to go to my conference and like, you know, like all of these different things that people praise or, you know, have a goal for. But it didn't make me any less good of a volleyball player. Like, I'm still good. I'm still able to coach. I'm still able to teach. I'm still able to, you know, have the skill set. But just because I wasn't able to make it to that level doesn't mean that I'm any less of a volleyball player than what I once was. Exactly. You may not have been, quote, unquote, the best right. to claim the title, but it doesn't mean you were bad. Right. You know, you're still a good player. Mm-hmm. You're still a good team member, and you're still a good support system for those individuals. Yeah. So moving on to more of the question side because it, it, it's always intrigues me it's like do you get the questions beforehand are they just asking <laughs> you off the cuff H- how do you prep for going into something because i mean i see it as you're going into an interview without having questions which yeah. you did here but anyways we weren't serious in front of you know millions of people mm-hmm. and you're on the spot and you have to you know yeah. answer this question <laughs> about your your stance on this issue mm-hmm. and you have to know about the issue yeah so how do you prepare for that i always say you have to know a little bit of something about everything <laughs> <laughs> like you just have to dibble and dabble into little tiny even if you just know only one thing about one topic like that is okay um they have tons of news apps that you can like use to keep up with like big things that are happening in the world but also like you have to take the time and and research like what is something that you truly have no idea about for me it's politics like i hate politics i don't like to get into politics i like that's just not my thing and so recently i have been like paying attention to the presidential election coming up what is donald trump's stance what is joe biden's stance and just all these different things and really trying to figure out okay where do i stand in this so Mm -hmm. it you really have to like step outside of yourself and say hey okay what is something that i have no idea about that's a really hot topic right now that might be axed 
I mean, you right. truly never know. You, you don't you know. Don't. Everything is just like random. Like the judges know, everybody else knows what the question is, but you don't know until you get up there on that stage and that mic is in your face and the camera's right there. And they're like, okay, this is your question. And <laughs> I am terrified for that moment, honestly, but <laughs> I'm going to prepare as much as I can to do the best. <laughs> right. You just, you have to be well-educated and well-versed in mm -hmm. many and all topics, I guess. Yeah, you do. You really do. Yeah. And it's, even even if you may not know about the topic, you still have to be able to present yourself in a way that as sounds like as if you like, know what you know, you're talking about. Like even fake if it you till have you no make idea, it, like we said, what you're talking <laughs> about, you have to pretend like you do. <laughs> At least to convince the judges. Yes, you may not <laughs> be able to that, say something. It. Don't just stand there. And I, yeah, you, you have to know what you're going to say or, or how you're going to say it yeah. at least so you can say you know i don't know exactly about this topic but my general belief is this and i can yeah. kind of you feel your way around the mm -hmm. issue you know it's like like michael scott said you start the sentence and you hope to find it along the way that's literally my entire life <laughs> <laughs> okay so kind of changing lanes here going from the pageant life mm -hmm. you also have an organization that you run yeah Let's talk about that. It's brand new. It's like my little baby. I've actually been working on it for months okay. since like a few months after I won. So maybe November, December ish. Okay. But what's it called? It's called Girl, which stands for Girls in Real Life. And it was actually supposed to be That's so clever, isn't it? That is <laughs> girl, G I R L, Girl in Real Life. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mind so blown. I knew love like it. after I won Miss Louisiana USA, like I wanted to use my platform to really promote self-love, to encourage young women especially. And I really wanted to have like an event, like a self-love workshop where we talk about, you know, how to love yourself, what do self-affirmations look like, how can we take care of our skin, our hair, our fitness, just everything like that. And it was supposed to be a workshop. And I ended up bringing this idea to Shireen and Raina from the Powerpump Girls who you had on your show a couple of weeks ago. Shout out Powerpump Girls, yes. Shireen and Raina. Y'all are a blast. <laughs> yes. And I brought this idea to them and they really just helped me bring it to a whole like another level. And after Corona hit, it was like, well, I can't really do my in-person event. So how am I still going to like make this impact on the community while still like using my platform for something good and so then i decided well let's just have it like a zoom event you know like we mm -hmm. can just do it on zoom we can be the same kind of concept and just kind of have it that way and then from there it just kind of grew into this entire like organization where i really wanted to create like an army of boss babes who are unapologetically themselves and like are authentic in who they are and our tag, my tagline for the organization is fearless and filter free. And, you know, I feel like as women, we have so many dreams and goals and aspirations that we want to do in life. And I feel like we have to be fearless in doing that. But then also like the filter free aspect of it is being authentically yourself, staying right. true to who you are. And I feel like a lot of people get filter free and makeup free kind of mixed up yeah and i just want to be very clear like filter free doesn't necessarily mean like you can't wear makeup you can't like be fashionable it means you just being who you are so if you love to have a beat face every single day with eyelashes to your eyebrows like 
girl, go for it. Like, That's I'm going to hand clap right. for you. Like, kill it. <laughs> but, I mean, if you are more comfortable with, you know, being a little bit more reserved, like, whatever is you for you, just yeah. be that and be authentically that. Um, and so it went from me trying to figure out, like, how to create an event for the community to, okay, how can I reach people outside of the community? How can I make this something global? And I've thought to bring it to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Transitioning into the podcast life. Yeah, which is so crazy because I had never even listened to a podcast before. And I just remember laying in my bed and like it just popped in my mind. It was just like podcast. I'm like, hold on. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) you want me to do a podcast? Like, I don't... I don't know the first thing about starting a podcast. Right. He just kept saying it over and over. Podcast, podcast. I'm just like, okay, well, let me get to researching. And I just went into this rabbit hole of like trying to find the right mic, trying Mm -hmm. to find the right equipment, like how to record. I had to learn like what a hosting site was, an RSS feed, like all these things I had no idea about. I was like, this is a completely different world. But at the end of the day, you know, I was able to to just do it. And I had to tell myself, you know, this is just something that you have to start doing. Like you're not going to have thousands of dollars worth of equipment. It's not my, it might not be the best audio, but at least you're doing it. And so I really just wanted to create conversations around issues and things that women go through on a daily basis. Um, and so it's really like a community. I have an email set up. Um, girls who are a part of girls in real life can email me to be on the show like you don't even have to as long as you have a story to tell if you have want to inspire someone or encourage someone like you can come and be on the show I can learn about your story you can learn about my story um so I really wanted to be like an interactive type thing and almost like big sister little sister almost in a sense that like okay, I'm bringing in ex- experts. We're going to offer advice on this certain topic. Right. Like today, I actually just released a new episode of my podcast and it was about domestic violence. So I had a really good friend of mine who was actually Miss New Jersey USA and and she talked about her experience with domestic violence and how can other people, you know, get out of the situation? What are resources that you can use? So mm-hmm. really just trying to talk about things that probably aren't really talked about in, in our community as women and really bringing light to those issues right and in, in, in a safe community yeah where people where, where women can express their yeah opinions. They can you express can feel their, free can, to ask those embarrassing right. questions or yes. like those embarrassing things that oh you think you only deal with because i promise you there are tons of women out there who think they're the only ones dealing with something and they're not 100 percent. and you're the audience of the groups of the people that are listening to the show may not be carl and i right but that's because we may not be able to ask a question that's related now we very well could mm-hmm. but it's you're trying to relate to the to the women who yeah. are going through this the same stuff that you've gone through or the people you bring on have mm-hmm. gone through and just to let them know they're not alone yeah. in what they're doing they're not alone in going through the experiences that they're gone through mm-hmm. and what they've you know there's how they've been treated yeah they're not alone and it's okay so how do we build from there right how do we go from what you've experienced either turn it into a positive or we ultimately learn from it so it doesn't happen again right Exactly. And that's powerful beyond means. Yeah. I'm like super excited. And it's so crazy because I love when I'm like, oh, I have a podcast recording today or I get to hear somebody's story today. And it's just so exciting for me to actually like 
really get into their lives and yeah. see like, wow, you overcame so much and you were able to accomplish this. Like that is so amazing. And so really just like encouraging them and in, in their journeys and them also encouraging me in my journey in return. So it's definitely been an experience. It's still very new, but I can't wait to see like where it goes. Yeah, it's I'm excited to see where it goes and to kind of <laughs> follow along the journey in whatever way I can to see how you're helping people and just bringing light to the community that yeah. needs it. And I want to get technical with it, all right, yeah. with, with the podcast. <laughs> so for, for those that might be listening who are thinking about considering maybe starting a podcast, mm -hmm. they don't know the first step, where to begin, what to do. <laughs> like me. Right. And like myself, <clears throat> starting this nine months ago, you know, nine or ten months ago. I know the first thing about it. I still don't know the first thing about it. Right. We just, we make it up as we, as go. we go. I hope to find it along the way. <laughs> and so for you, what was a resource that was kind of very beneficial to your research? You YouTube, y'all. <laughs> like when I tell you, I go to YouTube for everything. And the first thing that I really was focused on was a mic because I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, like this is not audio. I mean, this is not video. Like people are not going to watch me talking. They're literally only well, they can. hearing me. Well, they can, but for me and mine, <laughs> like there's no video. So people are literally only going to be hearing my voice, especially when they listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and I was like I really just want to have good audio because I don't want them to think like this is a trash podcast <laughs> and so I went again into this rabbit hole of like what are the best cheap mics for a podcast? <laughs> like, I would like type that up on YouTube and thank God there are so many. You guys are angels. If you are a person who does microphone reviews where you actually talk in the mic and let us hear the audio because that helped me so, so much. And I ended up picking my mic and I was like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I was like, I I need a HD. I mean, um, what's the, the USB? Yeah, the USB yeah, port US, to USB three, plug USB into two, my... Right. Um, into my computer so that I can just record my audio straight through my computer and not have the XLR thing and all those stuff that I still don't really know yeah. a lot about. A, a you, you need a mixer, a condenser. Yeah, all that extra stuff right, that right, costs right. more money. Yeah, I was right. like, I'm trying to spend the, the least amount of money as possible. So I ended up spending like $60 on my mic and it came with like a little tripod stand and also the little pop. Pop filter. Yeah, <laughs> pop filter. And I was like, okay. And so then I was like, well, I needed headphones to go into the the microphone. Oh, so you're more advanced than I am. Well, see, what happened was I didn't have money to spare to buy headphones. So I go I rummaging. Saw that. I go rummaging through like my old stuff and I find these like old pair of pink beats and like they're tearing, it's like shedding. I can only hear out of one side of the headphones. And I'm but like, you, you know what? Hear. It's gonna work and I recorded the first episode of my podcast with it and I was like wow this actually doesn't sound too bad and I was like so proud of myself I was like I did it I was so excited the first day I recorded like an episode because I was like I'm actually I'm doing it like yeah. I stepped outside of my comfort zone and I learned something new and I'm actually like going forth and doing it and I didn't quit and I didn't just say oh that's a dumb idea God like don't tell me to do that again I really like embraced it and, and that stops so many entrepreneurs it does. Or not even an entrepreneur want to start their own business or even people just wanting to take a leap of faith in their mm -hmm. own life they get second thoughts they think in their head okay i can do this but i don't know how it's going to turn out i don't know if it's going to be good i don't know if it's going to be bad and for a lot of people it's i don't know if anybody's going to listen exactly that was my especially thing. in a podcast it's like you know it's is so anybody going to listen and for me gosh for me the the worst part was sitting there and actually talking 
actually really? talking to I guess I like talking <laughs> well because to me I like talking to people mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't particularly care to sit there and have a conversation with myself I can and I, I can I can do it well enough to get through to, to make episodes mm -hmm. if I needed to but it's for me I'd rather that human to human connection that yeah. human engagement where we can hold a conversation like we're doing now mm -hmm. I don't like to just sit there and have the phone or the microphone and, you know, talking to the microphone and, you know, look at whatever camera or whatever it is and just have a conversation with essentially myself. Mm -hmm. I like to have some back and forth and I like to have some, you know, communications between people and between the, whether it be the audience or the interviewee yeah. that's there. I like to, I like to have that because I like that connection, but a lot of other people do very well with just talking to themselves, yeah. just talking like to a talking mic. I talking to myself. Like, yeah. I do either either or. My my podcast is a mixture of both, but I guess because like I made YouTube videos too, so I've been used to like talking to right. myself like I use this hair product and this makeup product, so I'm just kind of used to like having that conversation with myself. I, I'm an accountant. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a YouTube channel prior to this. I did not have <laughs> tutorials. I was actually in a YouTube video a buddy really? of mine made. Yeah, it was for um, Halo. It was for a Halo movie. I was <laughs> one of the star roles with the masks and everything. And that was fun. But again, I was interacting with people. I never yeah. had that time with one-on-one. -on -one. And even in high school when I debated... I was on a team policy debate team. I was not on a, what we called Lincoln Douglas, mm -hmm. which was one-on-one. -on -one. So I always had a partner. Mm -hmm. I always had somebody. And people may see that as a flaw of mine or a weakness of mine where I need somebody. But you know what? I don't care. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's who you are. It, it's who I am. And I, I, I feed off other people's energy and I feed off of what they have. But I can also bring it if necessary. Yeah. And so having for me, whenever going through my process of getting the podcast started, it was okay. I want to have guests. Mm -hmm. I want to interview people because I'm not, I'm not creative. <laughs> you know, I can, I can put together an event. I can put together an interview. I can put together a podcast feeding off of somebody else's content, mm -hmm. you know, and I can sit there and create my own content as well, but it's not where I'm the strongest. Yeah. Where I'm the strongest is able to get people and have them tell their stories and showcase them in a way that highlights them yeah. and the way they want to tell it because a lot of people, everybody has a story to tell yeah, and everybody wants to tell their story to anybody who's going to listen. Mm -hmm. And it's finding that happy medium of, okay, I want to pull the story out of you, but not so much where you feel like you're just blabbering yeah. on, you know, <laughs> but understanding what you want to do within either it's a podcast or a business, clearly outline it and then going for it, yeah. just doing it is the first step. For me, it was pressing record on my iPhone and recording the first episode. Yeah. And it was five and a half minutes or six minutes. <laughs> I, it was so short. And the next episode was 42 minutes. And you build on that, but it's yeah. just doing it. It's pulling the trigger it and is. going forward with the action. Not second guessing yourself, mm -hmm. not sitting there saying, well, I can make this better. Oh, I can save up and buy a better microphone. Right. You know, instead of spending $60, <laughs> I can spend $300 excuse me, and get a fantastic microphone. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I've got 60 bucks to spend. Yep. What can I get for that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Yetis are a little pricier. Yetis make bombing microphones. Mm -hmm. Shures, which we're using, make incredible sound quality on the back end, and it's great for editing and all that. But for a USB mic, whatever you can get for your price right. range will work. 
It will work. And it does. Work. You have to learn how to do the best you can with what you have. And I tell people that all the time. Like, you can't stop yourself from pursuing something because you don't have this or you don't have that or I'm not this age yet. Like, mm -hmm. if there's something you want in life, you just have to go for it. Absolutely. You, you have to go for it and you have to find yourself along the way. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to spend so much time second-guessing yep. yourself, what-ifing yourself, sitting there thinking, if I can just make this product or if I can just make this podcast one-tenth better, right. then I'll go, then I'll launch it. But as soon as you achieve it, you're going to find another excuse for why it's not good enough. Yep. And it's taking that just that step back and realizing, all right, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with it. But I know it's what I want to do because I love doing it and it brings me excitement. It brings yeah. me joy. It brings me this passion that I don't have in other realms. Mm -hmm. So I'm going for it. Yeah. And then you do it. That's <laughs> I keep on picturing in my head the Shia LaBeouf meme on YouTube of him at the green screen just mm -hmm. yelling, do it. Yeah. Just <laughs> do it. Like that's it. That what what's your advice for how to get a business going or how to get this event a podcast started? How to go and become Miss Louisiana USA? Right. You just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. And I've you, learned yeah. that like you have to step outside of your comfort zone to grow. And I Absolutely. have gotten outside of my comfort zone so many times in my life and I look back on those times and I see like wow, that's where I found myself or that's where I learned something new about myself or that's where I experienced this. And you truly like never know what's on the other side of fear until you do it. Like yeah. you just have to, you just have to go. That the, what is for me before, before I do anything, this may sound dark, but before I do anything, I think of what's the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, <laughs> <What's>, that's normal. <laughs> what, what is the worst possible outcome that could happen? Nobody listens to my podcast. <laughs> and, and that's the worst thing. Right. That is the <laughs> exactly. worst thing with a podcast is nobody listens. And to me, my immediate response is always, so what? Exactly. So what? Exactly. So what if, if you're, however many episodes you create have zero listens right. were you happy doing it did it bring you excitement and joy right was was it was it enjoyable did you sit there and you're just like you know i really enjoy doing this and i'm making it and it's because of that's what i want to do it, it's what i want to do with my life in this time that i have to spend and devote to this podcast yeah. it's what i want to do and if it is then who cares what the listens are right who cares what at the end of the day, people think about it. If you do it for long enough and you stay true to who you are, mm -hmm. people will pick up to it and gravitate it. As we said in part one yeah. of this uh, <laughs> live streaming series, is that when you are true to yourself and you're true to who you are, people gravitate towards that because they want authenticity. Yep. People want to see someone for who they are mm -hmm. and what they're doing in the way that they have been since the beginning. Right. Now, they may have made some adjustments along the way because they, I say tweaks mm -hmm. and maybe some minor shifts, but it's not like I'm sitting here talking about, you know, Baton Rouge in episode one and in episode 50, I'm migrating to like New York. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's still within the same theme mm -hmm. and the same overarching goal of promoting the businesses yeah. in Baton Rouge, promoting Baton Rouge as a whole. And so long as you trace stay true to yourself throughout the entire process people will gravitate towards it and then your listens will go up and stuff yep. will happen to you with it that you never thought could happen right i agree a thousand percent yeah and it's 
it's it's wonderful to see somebody starting something like that, especially here in Baton Rouge. Yeah. You know, to see that there are more people here wanting to start stuff. They want to start podcasts. Mm-hmm. They want to start these organizations that help people identify like who they are as a yeah. person, find themselves, become able to say, I'm worthy, I'm great, I'm an amazing person. That is powerful yeah. and impactful. Making an impact in the community for the better. And I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Thank so I uh, and I we could we could keep going we but <laughs> we starting to 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 digress towards the the wrapping up the summation of the show <laughs> um what are a few lessons you kind of gathered throughout your process thus far throughout my process or my life <laughs> your life let's go with your life um i think the biggest thing that i've learned is to slow down and take your time I was always that person, especially in like middle school. Oh, I can't wait till I get to high school. And in high mm-hmm. school, oh, I can't wait till I get to college. Oh my gosh, I'm so ready to graduate. And I tried to speed up my life so many times. And I look back and I, I realized like, I didn't even like really sit in this moment and enjoy it and like live in it. And there's so many things that are just like blurs to me in my life. And it's like, wow, like you really were trying so hard to get to that next level that you missed everything that was happening at this point in your life. Right. And so for me now, I just try to live in every single moment and really just take in like what is happening to me in this moment. And even like in quarantine, like those first couple of months were so hard. It was like, what am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to reach people? How am I supposed to impact people? But I had to remember, like, I have to live in this moment. I have to remember this feeling. I have to remember what I went through. And then, you know, understand how it's bettered me in the future. So, yeah, I've really just been trying to, like, take my time with my life and really just live in every moment and not take anything for granted. I love that. You, I was kind of the same way in high school yeah it was all right what can i do to get out of high school <laughs> then i got to college I was, all right what can i do to get out of college i, I even graduated a whole semester <laughs> early like because i was trying to like just get out and i realized I'm yeah. like why like what's why the point? and life's not going anywhere <laughs> so and i and I, I i see that um i i, I did the same thing i graduated in three and a half years mm-hmm. with two degrees so i was 18 hours yep. every semester bust my 18, butt 19 hours. And, yeah, and it was summer. I did a, a winter session, a summer session, and it was how quickly can I get out of college? And while I was in college, I was probably one of the worser students. <laughs> you know, I was constantly trying to work, create this business, create mm-hmm. these connections. And for me, college was this networking opportunity. Yeah, I didn't even. It's sad to say it. I didn't even see it as, oh, I'm going here to get this amazing degree from mm-hmm. this amazing university. It was, okay, and I'm going. to have fun while you're doing it. Exactly, <laughs> to have fun while, yeah. And it was more for me of, okay, this is a pro- This is a step in my process that mm-hmm. I have to go through because it's what I have to do. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed my time in college. I loved going to college, mm-hmm. and it was great. I loved meeting the people I got to meet, making the relationships that I got to make yeah. with the professors, with the faculty, with the students. It was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get out of college, for me, it was an exciting time. But for other people, they get out of college and they're and they're lost. You have this degree and you're like, what do I do with it? <laughs> That's me. You know? That was so me. Like post-grad depression is so real. And I experienced that at such high levels mm-hmm. like I didn't understand what I was going through at the time but I look back and I'm like yeah that's exactly what I was going through I graduated early all my friends were still playing volleyball 
I had been a student athlete my entire life and now I'm not either one of those things. Mm -hmm. Who am I? What is my identity? What do I bring to the table other than like going to school and playing a sport? And I really like had to figure, I remember like <laughs> for like the first two, three months after I graduated high school, I mean, college, I would just like literally lay in my bed all day, watch Netflix. I didn't really know what I was doing, where I was going with my life. I couldn't find a job. It was just one of those things where like, Everything that went wrong could have went wrong. And one day I woke up and I was like, Mariah, you have got to do something. Like, you cannot live the rest of your life like this. And so it started with me just getting back into a routine, working out every day, going to the gym. Like, that's I feel like the gym and fitness is always, like, where I gravitate to towards first because it's what's normal to me. Right. And so I did that. And then I was like, okay, girl, you got to get a job because you don't have no money. And, <laughs> like, you can't be living like this. And so I got a little retail job working at Ulta Beauty. And then it was like, okay, what are you going to do? And my mom really wanted me to apply to grad school. So I did. And I waited so long that I only had two options, Nichols and Southeastern. And it was just like, well, Nichols is too far. So we're going to put all <laughs> my commute. marbles in the Southeastern basket. I still have to take the GRE, which like gave me so much anxiety. Ended up passing it. I got accepted into my grad program. And at that point, it was like, okay, like I finally see myself getting somewhere. I'm finally doing it. I'm finally doing it. And I like I really had to pull myself out of the rut that I was in because I was so lost. I had no sense of self. It was like I had lost a complete part of myself. And I don't think enough people realize that because we are in school by the time we can like walk and talk like mm -hmm. that is Sometimes who we before. are. Yeah. Like that is just who we are. And so all of a sudden I don't have to wake up and go to class. I don't have to study. I don't have tests like what what even is my life <laughs> like that's literally what i went through yeah my, my entire life yeah. has been consumed in it school has. now what do i do it really has and it's like yeah does school prepare you for the real real world i yes and no <laughs> like it's i feel okay like you learn no. important life it's lessons okay to say no. i feel like you do learn those important life lessons yeah. and how to work with people and things like that but I, I don't know how to do my taxes i don't know anything about credit like when i tell you i just I didn't know. And so I, again, like I really just had to educate myself and I'm still educating myself because those aren't things that we learn and you get out into the real world and it's like, all right, here you are. Like the world is yours, but it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> the world is your oyster. Go shuck right. it as you please. It's like, well, wait, hang on. How do you shuck this exactly. oyster? It's like, here I am with a college degree and I can't even get a job with my degree. Like... <laughs> What is this? <laughs> Welcome to postgrad. Exactly. <laughs> so on on that note, within the Baton Rouge scene, I mean, you're Miss Louisiana. Mm -hmm. You competed in Miss Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. What is it that you love about the Baton Rouge community? Oh my goodness! I think well, first of all, our food. <laughs> I love food. All right, that's it. Show's over. Yeah, show's <laughs> over. But no, I really think like. A lot of people don't know this, but Baton Rouge was actually the city to start the bus boycotts, not Alabama. So Rosa Parks wasn't the first woman to sit on the bus. It was actually started here in Baton Rouge. And I just feel like we cultivate change. Like we are so open to change. We're so open to like understanding where we've been wrong and trying to fix it. And I think, you know, 
Baton Rouge is just a great city. It has great people and we have Southern hospitality, but I really just think, you know, they're, they're open to change. They're open to realizing, okay, this was wrong. And, you know, we can, we can do things to make it better, especially in in light of everything that's going on now. And Mm -hmm. I think Mayor Sharon Weston Broom has been doing a phenomenal job with COVID and with Black Lives Matter and just with everything. So really just knowing that people really care about people here and it's not just so individualistic. Right. We're here as a community. Yeah. And we're together through everything. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what happens, we are Baton Rouge. Yeah. We are who we are. We make up of our faces look nothing alike. <laughs> right. We are all unique and individual, and we are all finding ourselves as an individual person. Yep. And I, I love that description. It's it's a common theme I've seen throughout this podcast, and I, if I if that's the only theme I see is that everybody is comes together as a community. I'm happy with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and final question for you is, what can I do to help? I mean, I don't know. This production team is pretty <laughs> great. Like, if you want to come and join the Girls in Real Life team, I'm all here for it. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see what we could do. <laughs> Well, Mariah, thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. <laughs> this this was a blast, even with our, our technical interruptances. It's I think it was still amazing. <laughs> so thank you for being a part of this, and thank you, everybody, for sticking with us through everything. We really appreciate it. I know I do as a host, and the guests do as well. So for those listening and watching, this is the latest rendition of the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, signing out with Mariah Clayton, Miss Louisiana, USA 2020. Bye, guys. Y'all have a good one. (laughs) I'm a simple man, don't want a complication.